have to. <laughs> so good morning, everyone. I'm glad you're here. It's great to be here. Uh, my compliments to, to the ladies that uh, put this together. I know there's been a lot of work, a lot of ladies uh, preparing, teaching classes, and uh, wow, uh, what a great effort. Uh, so, and thank you for having us uh, speak too. I thought that it was very insightful of the deaconesses to say, you know, we're going to ask the elders uh, to speak. Uh, that's unusual, but I think it's very insightful, very good, very thoughtful. Thinking that, you know, the elders, the pastors of the church are the ones who are the watchers over your souls, right? And so I think it's very important what you did. Uh, it kind of is countercultural in what's going on to the culture. You know, women don't want to hear about men speaking and telling them uh, or sharing the word with them in particular, this kind of thing. So uh, my compliments to, to the ladies, the deaconesses that organized this. I think it's very thoughtful of you. Anyway, so let me start with a word of prayer and then we'll ask some questions for you. Uh, when you came in, I was asking you to sit a little bit toward the front because I'm going to be sharing certain things with you. But I hope that you're going to be sharing a lot of things with you. Okay? Yeah, so that's going to be the way that I'm going to lead this. So, uh, so let me do this. Lord God, we just thank you and praise you for who you are. And we thank you that you are God uh, who is holy, holy, holy. The Lord God Almighty, Lord. And you have given us your word as an instruction, Lord, for our lives, uh, to live lives that are pleasing to you in whatever context, Lord, we are in. Uh, whether it may be husbands or wife or children or uh, even a single person, Lord. Uh, so, Lord, we thank you uh, for that, for the instruction. And we pray, Lord, that this morning as we look into your word and we discuss certain things, that this will be um, glorifying to you and encouraging to all of us, Lord. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, let me have that first slide there. All right. Does anybody recognize that building? Yeah, it's in, uh, it's in Dubai. It's called the Burj Khalifa. And it was built in 2010. It was finished in 2010. It cost about, believe it or not, by today's standards, I think it was a cheap, really, $1.5 billion. That's not a lot compared, you know, to today. But it stands almost a half a mile tall. Uh, the main architect, engineer, that was a man by the name of Adrian Smith. Adrian Smith, right? Great structure, the tallest building in the world right now. So as we think about building, first question that I have for you is, give me, biblically speaking, thinking of the Bible, mention to me some of the great builders that you read in the Bible. Example of great builders in the Bible. Noah. 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 Who's that? Solomon. Yes. Somebody else. Noah, Solomon, who else? I'm sorry? The Romans. The Romans. Who else? Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Who else? Anybody else? Nimrod. Nimrod. Excellent. A lot of it coming up, right? Uh, God. God, that's the one that, you know, he's still building his church, right? Yeah. Those are great ones. Really fantastic ones, right? But I have, you know, something that you missed one very, very, very important builder in the Bible. You know who that is? 
you. Let me show you. Proverbs 14, 1. Who's that talking about? You, right? The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish tears it down with her own hands. We are going to focus on the first part. We're going to leave, leave the negative for somebody else. <laughs> right? So we're going to focus on the first part, that the wise woman builds her house. What a neat thought that is, right? Uh, Proverbs, uh, the idea in Proverbs that you see a lot is the book of wisdom, right? Wisdom is permeates the book of Proverbs. And in Proverbs 1, 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And then in Proverbs 19, uh, 9, 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Right? So we have three words there that come together. Right? Knowledge. Three terms. Knowledge uh, is not only what we know. But it's also to know somebody in a personal manner, a personal relationship, right? I know somebody. I have a personal relationship with somebody. Not only I have knowledge of something, but also I know somebody, right? Wisdom is the ability to use knowledge for correct behavior insight. So that means it's sound judgment, right? So I know something. I know facts. Now I know how to take those facts and apply it to life in such a manner, right, that brings good outcomes. And then this understanding is the idea of discernment. So then the starting point of wisdom, or the foremost, the chief, the principal characteristic of wisdom is to know the Lord. Right? The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So we are going to say then that a wise woman, spoken here in Proverbs 14, is what type of woman? It's a woman that first of all does what? Who does she know? She knows the Lord. Okay? A woman who's going to build her house is a woman who knows the Lord. Well, what does it take to know the Lord? How do I establish a relationship with the Lord? So let me run quickly through this. First thing that we need to know is to understand who God is. Right? And there is a lot of attributes about God that I mentioned in the scripture. But there is one that a few times that is mentioned is never mentioned once. It's always mentioned three times. You remember what that is? Holy. He <laughs> says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. So if there is an attribute of God, a characteristic of God, is that he is holy above all things. He is a holy God. He's set apart. There's nothing that is bad or is wrong or is defective of God. He stands all by himself. So the first thing we need to know is that God is holy, holy, holy. Another thing that we need to understand and know is that we are not. <laughs> we are at the opposite end of God, right? We are sinners. We are separated from God. We will not inherit the kingdom of God. We have no ability and we will destined to the lake of fire. 
And in all that, we have no ability to sell, to save ourselves. Okay. That's who we are. We got a holy God and we are, uh, we, we have a holy God. And then it's us who are sinners, separated from God from the moment of conception. You know, we normally ask the question, has anybody ever told the lie? How good are you? Have you ever told the lie? Uh, I'm not that good anymore, right? <laughs> so because God is holy and I'm not, I'm going to be separated from God. And there is nothing that I can do to resolve or to fix that same problem that I have. And, be, and so... There is something else that needs to take place, that I need to repent. I need to change my mind. About, I need to change the way I think, and the way that I think about God, the way that I think about myself. And not only to change the way that I think, but that thought has to have an impact on my life. So I turn to God from sin. That's what repentance is. And last one thing that we need to understand to have a personal relationship with God is that there is a Savior who is the Lord Jesus Christ. God in human form, who came to die on the cross for our sins. So that now, everyone, upon trusting in Him, can be reconciled with God. Okay. So that's how we establish a personal relationship with God. And again, the wise woman, the woman that builds her house, is a woman that is a godly woman, right? In Proverbs 31, you know, I was like, well, you know, I don't want to share from Proverbs 31. People are probably are going to think that we are going to go to Proverbs 31. I didn't want to do that. So we went to Proverbs 14. <laughs> but in Proverbs 31, 30, it says this, Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. A woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Praise the Lord for godly women. Praise the Lord for women who have trusted in him. And for those women who are now building their houses. So the greatest notable builders in the Bible, one of them is godly women. Women who have put their trust in the Lord. Okay. So now we are going to discuss that a little bit. We're going to get into the verse a little. We're going to look at it. Okay. So what do wise women do? What do wise women do? They build their house. Of course, uh, we know that when he's talking about a house here, he's not talking about a physical structure. Right? He's talking about what? A household. Right? She builds those who are part of her household. Okay? To build means to strengthen, to give stability. As she makes the household thrive, she makes it healthy, she makes it happy. She directly and positively impacts the atmosphere and character of her home. She directly and positively impacts the character an atmosphere of her home. What a job. What a privilege that this household, God has taken a woman, a godly woman, and said, you know, it is both a responsibility and it's both a privilege 
for you to build this house, right? Um, and as you know, uh, I've been doing some house remodeling, <laughs> or working on remodeling, and it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. You go there and you do one thing, and then you fix one thing, and then you find another. It seems like the work is never done. Guess what? I take it that that is the same when you're building your family, when you're working in your family. It's a job that you wake up in the morning and you go to bed at night and you're always investing your time in your home. Okay? Giving the best that you got, the most that you have, all your strength, your energy, your thoughts. You're building into those people in the home. Okay? Yeah, it takes time, commitment, dedication, and selfishness, love, devotion, patience, consistency, Thoughtfulness, planning, it takes all of those. And then perhaps even something else, some more <laughs> things that I'm leaving out. I take it that God has recognized how demanding this job is. That's why he, in Ephesians 5, exhorts the husbands to provide and protect for their wives. Because they got their hands full. <laughs> right? They need to be encouraged. They need to be cherished. They need to be protected. They need to be provided. Why? They got their heads full. They have a huge job. They have a huge responsibility to build the home. Okay? To build the home. So now, um, let's pause for a second, and we are going to look a little bit more into detail on this build the home. And this is what I'm going to ask you for your participation. Okay? So you're going to have to think along with me, because... Uh, I want to share some things, but I also want you to share with each other from yourselves what you have learned in life as you dealt in your household and how you have done things. Perhaps what are the things that you consider important or that you say, this helps my household. Okay, so keep that in mind. So there are four groups of people in the household that I thought, at least those are the four that I thought, that a woman has impact on. Some, you know, maybe more to the married women, but in other cases, there is going to be applied for everybody, okay? So be patient, okay? So as a woman builds her household, as she dedicates time and energy to directly and positively impact the atmosphere and character of the house, of the home, of those people, who will be some of the people that she will be impacting in the household? The number one person, the husband, right? The husband. So now the question, how does a woman positively impact her husband? What can she do to build into and to build up her husband? <laughs> Say that again. Prevent starvation. <laughs> yes, because a man with a full belly is a happy man. <laughs> right. So she will prepare right food. Excellent. What else? Encourage. That is so, so important for a man. You know, I have one of the things here that I put there, encourage, but I, I put it uh, along the lines of celebrates. Celebrates her husband. You know, um, 
in the environment that we are now, that a lot of men are now working outside of the home. They're working from home. Sometimes that is missed a little bit, right? But, ladies, when your husband comes home, how do you receive him? Are you happy to see him? Or you just continue your chores? Oh, no. Well, I'll see you when I get upset. I'm working in the garden. Don't bother me now. Or do you get excited? You welcome him home, make him feel, yeah, this is where you belong. You belong to me. You belong to this house. Right? To celebrate him. I think that's important, that encouragement, that celebration, that, you know, oh, he's coming home. Right? Uh, or, you know, sometimes when he comes in the door, do we want to or do you want to? The first thing you do, tell him how terrible your day was. May not be a good idea. <laughs> right? It may be better to say, you know, sit down and relax a little bit. I'm going to share a story with Duanette, you know. Um, when I was in Montana uh, working on the ICBM fields, I would be gone of the house for about 30 hours. So when I come home, Neha has me home for a day and a half with four kids all by herself, and she needed a break, right? And uh, she needed to some adult conversation. And so I come home from the field smelling like a machine, I get in the house, she greets me, she celebrates me, and then she wants to talk to me about her day, blah, 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 blah. And I said, no, 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 give me a second. Give me 30 minutes. <laughs> Let me unwind first, right? And then we'll, we can talk. Right? So don't jump on him. <laughs> give him a little bit of space. Let him get comfortable. Welcome your husband home. Celebrate your husband. Okay, enough about that. You got the point, right? Okay, what else? Say that again. Have a good attitude. Yeah, nobody wants to come home and find that the faucet is dripping. And I mean that in a figure of speech. Right? That's what the proverb says it's better to be leaving the rooftop. <laughs> yeah. How about uh, something else? Yeah. Respect. respect. Yeah, respect what? Respect him by respecting what? Maybe the position that God has assigned him in the household as leader of the house. You know, it's kind of interesting that Scripture says to the husband, Love your wife as Christ loved the church. But to the wife, he says, Respect your husband. Right? Men like to be respected. And I speak as a man, there is nothing that bothers a man more than when he's disrespected. And so keep that in mind, you know, build them up, respect them. Yeah, you're going to have your sparks in the marriage. That's part of growing. That's part of growing. Right? But keep those things in mind, okay? Um, in, uh, in Proverbs says that the, the wife, she is the husband's glory. What a great thought, ladies. You're building your husband's. And yet you are his glory. You know, you are the person that when people at work talk bad about their wives, he's going to say, that's not my wife. My wife is my glory. I exalt, I rejoice, I praise the Lord for my wife because she 
is the one who builds me up. She encourages me. She respects me. Right? Things that we can do. What else can we do? Pray. I saw those hands. Yes. Your prayer is good for any occasion. <laughs> and, you know, the husband has some responsibilities in the house. The, the weight of the decision making of the house, it all falls upon him. That's the way that God designed it. So, pray for your husband. Okay. Maybe give him advice if he requests advice. But pray for him because he has to make those tough decisions at times. And then he has to live with the consequences of those tough decisions. Whether they worked out, he looks like a hero. But if it doesn't work out, he's just another idiot. <laughs> so, no, but let's pray for our husband, right? Oh, I like this one. How about give him priority? Give him priority over what? Over whom? Children is one. What happens when children come along? You know, let me tell you another story, Don and I. Not, that was, uh, we would go to visit my in-laws, and when we didn't have any children, everything was fine and dandy. When we started having children, we drove three hours to Birmingham and Alabama. My in-laws would come out of the house, open the car door in the back seat, pull the kids out, and go in. And we just said, well, hello to you too. <laughs> right? And the problem is that sometimes like when children come into a relationship, into a marriage, now they're focusing on the children. The children take priority. And that's a no, 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 no. Okay? Uh, because believe it or not, parents, you are raising your boys for another woman. And you're raising your girls for another man. Eventually, they will leave the home. And we are going to be with our husbands. And you are my age, okay? And you're probably there. Maybe some of you are already there. So invest in your husband. Take care of your husband, just like the husband wants to take care of, of the wife. So what a beautiful job you have, you know, to be a builder in your home, to be building up your husband. It takes time. It takes effort, okay? But... Uh, you have the ability to directly and positively impact the atmosphere and character of your husband, the atmosphere and character of your home. Right. Not, yes, Molly? I was just thinking that you think I'm losing this. Um, intimacy. To what? Intimacy. Yeah, you know, I, had, I was just going to mention that. Uh, but I was going to say, be affectionate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, be loving. You know, some people feel uncomfortable about demonstrating a little bit of affection to their wives in, in public. And, you know, I'm never shy about giving my wife a hug or a kiss. I don't care who's watching. Okay? It's my wife. All right? But, yeah, the intimacy part, you know, the affectionate part, you know, give him a hug. Tell him that you love him. Tell him that you appreciate him. Okay? Um, great. Any other thoughts? Marianne. Be teachable, meaning for the wife to accept the teaching of your husbands. Sure. Now, when we read in the scriptures about the primary teachers for the women, who are they? Husbands and the pastors, right? Yeah. 
It says in, in 1 Corinthians 11, I think it is, yeah, that when a woman has a question, she needs to run to the pastor. No, she says what? Say what? Oh, her girlfriend. Yeah. Somebody, no. They say, you go to your husband at home and you ask him. So, but my, ask, my husband doesn't, doesn't know the answer. Well, that will force him to study. Or do like I do with Dunette. She asked me a tough question and I said, go get a commentary. No, just kidding. <laughs> I done that. I done that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right? Yeah, be teachable. Um, you know, husband and wife are not going to agree on everything. That's expected, right? And uh, as time goes by, you, you become more like-minded. But when you're just newly wed, right, you're still working out through some issues. You're still discussing. And, and that's okay. That's okay. But be teachable, be respectful, and uh, honor his positions. Okay, good. Uh, i got to move on to the next items. Example of uh, godly wisdom or wise women. Abigail, she married Nabal, remember? And then he died and, and, uh, and uh, David married her. But what the scripture says about Abigail, it says this. She was a woman of good understanding and beautiful appearance. Now, what I want you to notice here is... What is noted first? Her good understanding. Her wisdom. Okay, her discernment. Okay. Yeah. She was good looking too. But that was not what is brought up. Okay. Next item. We're going to move a little faster here. Okay. So she builds up her husband. Who else does she build up in the household? The children. Excellent. Yeah, a great, a big responsibility of being a wife and mother is the building up of the children, right? So how does she do that? Okay, ladies, now tell me, how have you built up or are working on building up your children? Share with us. Marianne, I'll pick on you. Okay, prayer. Yeah. What else? Amy. It says in Luke that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature in favor of God and men. And those are kind of areas as a parent that we have to look out for our children. Are they learning? Are they growing in a healthy way? Am I teaching them how to relate with God? Am I teaching them how to relate with other people? Fantastic. <laughs> what else? Matt. It almost seems like you don't never pray enough, right? <laughs> yeah, it looks like you never pray enough. Yeah. All right, how about training? Kind of goes along with what Amy was saying, right? Training up a child in the way that he should go, right? And when he's old, he, he will not depart from it, right? And training can take different forms. Uh, there's other aspects of the scripture that says discipline a child, right? And uh, again, we, we live in a culture that child training and discipline is, oh, no, they, they need to grow up and let them bloom. No, 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 you don't let them bloom. 
you mold them, <laughs> right? And sometimes part of the molding takes a good ping on the behind. You know, it's not the only form of discipline, but it's part of building into and building up that child. So that child will grow up to be a respectful adult, right? He's not going to end up in jail because he doesn't know how to obey authorities or he will have no respect for God. You know, if a child doesn't have respect for the parents, who's going to respect? And if a child doesn't respect the parents, whose fault is it? Oh, it will be the parents. <laughs> if your child misbehaves in public, it's all the child's fault. No, because if he misbehaves in public, he misbehaves at home. Right? Most likely. So a way that we build up and we build into the children is by training up, by discipline, by encouraging, also by celebrating them. I tell you what, uh, when the kids were young and they were at home, I would come home and Ned would say to the kids, Papa's home, right? And they would run upstairs and come and oh, everyone give me a hug and a kiss. And I know if you notice that, you have, you know, I see my boys, and they are men now. And what do I do? I kiss them. Okay? Uh, a few years ago, Tony felt a little bit embarrassed. He didn't want me to kiss him in public, give him a hug and a kiss. And, and I said, son, listen. I said, you're always going to be my son, and I'm always going to be your father. So I don't care where we are. I'm going to kiss you. So you better be okay with it. <laughs> Never had any other problem with it. <laughs> now he sees me in public, he comes and gives me a hug and a kiss. We got it here, right? But be affectionate to your kids. Let them know that you love them, you know? I was talking to a woman uh, not long ago, a few months ago. She was having family with the problems with her family, with her son, a teenage son. And she was distraught that he would leave the shoes laying around the house. And, you know, she cleaned houses for a living. So she comes home, and her son is just leaving the house, you know, the shoes all over the place, and her clothes. And she was having a tough time, and things were not going well. So one of the things that we talked about, I said, you know, what's more important to you, where the shoes are at or the relationship with your son? And she said, well, the relationship with my son. I said, well, do you hug him? Do you tell him that you love him? And she paused and said, no. Well, stop doing that. And then they... The shoe issue is going to take care of itself, right? But he needs to know that you love him. Give him a hug. Right? Okay, any other things that you can think of? Love, discipline, celebration? Yeah. Michelle? You know, um, let me share this. this. This just happened within the last couple of weeks. I'm not going to say names to protect me. <laughs> no, but uh, we were dealing with a situation, and uh, this woman, uh, she couldn't find a church, uh, whatever. And um, said she was looking for something that her kids like, a church that her kids like. What do you think about that? Well, you know, if you're looking for a place that your kids like, it's not going to be church. It's going to be Disneyland, <laughs> right? No, you are the adult. You are the parent. 
You decide based on sound doctrine, not on programs, where the children need to be at. And you teach them to sit and be quiet during the services. Uh, that's a trained thing. It takes work. But that's a way to build into and to build up the children. Okay. Any other things? Otherwise, we'll move on. Yeah, work ethics. Work ethics. Good insight. Yeah, Levita. Good example. Yeah. <laughs> don't do as, what is that? You know, don't do as I do, but I do as I say. That's, that's hypocritical, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Any other things? Yes. Respect. Yeah. Scripture says do not exasperate them, right? Do not frustrate them, right? I used to have the bad habit of that, you know, to exasperate my children, you know. Uh, yeah, I learned. My wife would say, don't do that, don't do that. So she was there, you know, don't, you're doing this wrong. Uh, I, I had to tell one time to Tony, as a son, we had a conversation, a father-son conversation. His son said, I need to apologize to you. And he looked at me and said, why is that? I said, well... I'm learning to be a father, and you're the first one. So all the mistakes that I'm going to make, you're going to be the, my my first one, right? You're my. <laughs> so I'm sorry. <laughs> Later on, I said, "Papa, how come you didn't do this when I was a child, but you're doing this with my brothers?" Uh, I learned. <laughs> right? Okay. Good. So build into and build up your children. All right, another thing um, that we can talk about that a woman, a godly woman, he, she can build into, think of this as her extended family. Church family or extended family, right? Those around your circle. How can we, how can you build into their lives? Build them up. What can you, ah, yeah, prayer is always, you know, a lot of things are, you know, you're going to have, we're going to have prayer in every category, <laughs> right? You pray for them. What else do you do? What else could you do? Jenny, you've been quiet, so let me pick on you. Say, say that aloud. Sure, give, give or go counsel when there is open door. That's why uh, Titus says that the older women ought to encourage the younger women, right? Bring along. Don't beat them up and say, hey, you know, have you thought about doing this this way? Have you know, this is what the scripture says. So give godly counsel. Yeah. Um, how about uh, all the one another's that we have in scripture? Yeah, we can think of that, right? How we can build to other people. Care. Be kind, be mindful. I'm putting my own words, some of these, you know. Tell the truth, or say, do not lie to one another, right? Serve. Well, you ladies here are fabulous when it comes to service and minister to one another. Love, pray, yeah. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up. Wow. Encourage and build one another up. Isn't that neat, Right? That applies to everybody, but we're in the, in the context of the women. Okay, Use my time, use my life 
to make sure that your life improves, right? To invest in your life. Okay? Ladies investing in each other's ladies. That's what you're doing here. That's why you're here, you know, to encourage one another, to build each other up, right? Okay. Let's see. Uh, we got one more. So, a lady, a woman, a godly woman, she builds up her husband. She builds up her children. She builds up those around her. Okay. Who else does she need to build up? Herself. Herself. How do you do that? Stay in the Word and pray. <laughs> right? Yeah, you stay in the Word, right? You stay in prayer. You, you are involved. You get involved in body life. You get involved in ministry. Right? You grow. You get built up. You say, Lord, thank you for opportunities to serve. Thank you for opportunities to minister. You, you don't have to go home and, and beat yourself up because, oh, man, well, you know, the, the reason sometimes we get down on ourselves, you know why? Because we have to focus on ourselves. Think body. Invest in the body, right? By investing in the body, you invest in yourself. You invest in your husband. You invest in your children. You invest in your, on your immediate family, your church family, right? And so you do that. And then I think that this is important. Uh, how a lady builds a child, uh, herself up is by functioning within the roles that God has prescribed for her. Honoring God by functioning within the roles that God has prescribed for her, has assigned to her as a helper, right? As uh, in the Air Force, we use the... Uh, uh, the term wingman, right? You have two pilots that are going to war, right? And this guy, this guy has, uh, the guy on the front has the task to find the target and destroy the target. But right next to him, close to him, there is the wingman. You know what the wingman is doing? He's watching his back. He's focused on what he has to do. And so the wingman is saying, I'm going to focus and make sure that you can do what you're supposed to do. That neither one gets shut down in the process, right? Be a good wingman, right? Uh, in First Timothy, um, Paul writes, says, I do not allow a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man, right? Okay. But that she should be preserved, saved by the bearing of children. That doesn't mean that a woman is going to be saved by having children. Okay. What he's saying is that the woman is protected when she functions when she functions within the roles that God had assigned her. So she's protected. Once a woman steps out from those roles, she has been deceived. And that's what the text is all about. Right? So build yourself up. Take care of yourself. Okay? And one of the things we do, I'm going to mention this word, stay in the word, pray, be involved, and function within the roles that God has for you. Well, ladies, there you have it. You have, yes. Can I share something? Sure. Uh, when you're talking about the, uh, the mother, the wives, uh, being in the Word, I think it's very important for your children to see that. 
Yeah, that's a good point. I got to wait for breakfast until she's done praying and reading. <laughs> I'm not done yet. So I don't, I don't ask anymore. I get up. You know, she normally is up before I do. She's on her chair reading and praying. And I go straight upstairs. And then when she tells me when she's done. I said, great. <laughs> Any other thoughts before we'll move on? Yes, Marianne. Someone else. <laughs> yeah. All right. So here we are. So you are in a position to greatly influence, build into, and build up those around you. You have a fantastic role. Don't minimize who you are. Don't minimize what the Lord has for you. And I appreciate the responsibility and privilege that God has given you. To be a house builder. To be a house builder. So, I show you a building at the beginning. Let me show you another building. <laughs> Don't build crooked. Right? Build according to the word. So, let's close in a word of prayer. Lord God, we thank you and praise you for your word. And Lord, thank you for these ladies here. And I pray, Lord, that you will bless each one and encourage each one of them as they... Are the women who are building up their homes, Lord, and thank you for that. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.